0: scoutsagencycom com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, founder and CEO of Scouts Agency, a female-focused PR agency that specializes in the medium of podcasting. I also live with bipolar disorder. From being a college dropout to a business owner, I have garnered up the healing tools from living with a mental illness to build my entrepreneurial life. Welcome to my podcast, where I ramble about mental health tips, entrepreneurial strategies, and mindset shifts so that you can live your life of purpose. I am the Emotional Entrepreneur. And thank you for being here. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Hello, beautiful. Welcome to today's episode. I am really excited about this one. It's going to be all about ego. And while I am no expert, I am constantly trying to identify when my actions are a result of my ego flaring up, fear-based thoughts, etc. So it has been very, very top of mind. And some of the books that I've been reading have really been diving deep into the ego. So it's been on kind of, it's been top of mind for me to come and have an episode either explaining what the ego is, what my relationship is to the ego, etc. But first, I hope you're having a beautiful day, and if not, as you know, all emotions are welcome here. I hope that this episode provides some sort of rooted groundedness for you, your soul, your mental health, your inspiration levels, etc. Uh, if you are around today at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be on Clubhouse with Puno, which is the new uh, host of Boss Radio and the founder of I Love Creatives, to talk about lifestyle business. So I hope to see you there every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I host the Emotional Entrepreneur Room with a different female entrepreneur talking all about the emotional aspect of business. So you can grab the link in my show notes to... Um, get access to the clubhouse room and I will see you there. I am so, so, so excited. She's so rad. I'm so stoked to have a conversation with her, to pick her brain about all the things and I think it's going to be a really good time. So I hope to see you there. Okay, let's get into the episode. Let's first take it back and define the ego in more, I suppose, clinical terms. So the psychoanalysis definition of the ego is the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. And according to simplypsychology.org, according to Carl Jung, the ego represents the conscious mind as it comprises the thoughts, memories, and emotions a person is aware of. The ego is largely responsible for feelings of identity and continuity. These are all super great. Well, just both of these, I suppose. Really great definitions of the ego. However, they've always left me feeling a little bit removed. The minute I started seeing the ego in a much more spiritual lens is the moment I started realizing when I feel separate towards others, when I am living in fear-based mindset, when my actions are really coming out of a fear-based mindset, and in being able to identify my ego, I've been able to course-correct and center myself back into alignment back into my soul, back into my truth, etc. So the minute I started thinking about the ego through a spiritual lens was when I really started to have the ability to identify when the ego was running rampant in my own life. So I was reading this book called The How to Inner Peace because I saw it on Tina Marie Clark's Instagram stories, so thank you for that one. It's by Constance Kellow, and I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, but I will leave a link to the book below because this book is profound, approachable, accessible, and so, so, so impactful. So stay with me because these are two paragraphs that I'm about to read because this is really her definition of the ego and really, really spoke to me very beautifully and really breaks it down into different types of egoic selves, et cetera. So she says, so she says, at one time in our evolution, we were hunters and gatherers. We needed to fight to acquire our food, to defend our lives, and protect our loved ones and clan. The ego then served as a construct for protection, and in this helpful role still does today, some examples being when we are careful when crossing the street, take care of our health, remind ourselves to buckle up our car seatbelt, be vigilant about the safety of our children, or when we legitimately need to defend ourselves. The ego is still part of the human condition, but has now taken on a role that often works against our welfare, especially our emotional, psychic, and spiritual welfare. The dysfunctional ego has become a false self that believes it is separate from others and therefore needs to be on the defensive with others, constantly compare itself with others. It can inflate our self-concept in one minute and take us down in the next. For the inflated, dominated ego, this involves trying to be better than, richer than, more powerful than, more threatening than others. For the wounded egoic self, it means living mainly in fear being a victim, feeling not good enough or able to overcome life's challenges. The ego now pretends to be who we are, but if we find out it is not who we truly are, it will no longer be able to trick us into believing we are separate, needy, weak, and so need to prove we are more than or not good enough when we compare ourselves to others. The ego pulls a veil down between who it tells us we are and the awareness of the truth of who we really are. Ooh, there's so much there, and I love how she breaks it down into the two different spectrums. So you can have a dysfunctional ego and you can have a wounded ego and you can have an inflated ego. It really crosses lines. It doesn't just mean you're full of yourself. It can also mean that you think you're not good enough. So the ego really shows up in so many ways, but at the root of the ego, while yes, having an ego is a very healthy part of a human being, as she said It serves as a contract for protection with things like crossing the street, you know, buckling up our car seatbelt. It does protect us in so many ways, and it allows us to perceive our experience here through a human lens. It can also really be destructive and really root us in our mindsets in a place of fear um, and in a place of insecurity, regardless of whether or not our ego is inflated or deflated. So for me personally, specifically more in the past, I think that I have falsely identified with the ego through my bipolar disorder. So the ego really holds on to your identities and for a very long time, bipolar was my identity and that identity was rooted in a lot of fear, fear that I would get depressed, fear that I would lose my life, fear that I would lose everything I've worked for, fear that I would exhibit another depressive episode and have to cancel all my plans Fear that everything would get out of control and that I would be in the hospital, fear that I would never have a healthy, balanced, stable life. I was falsely identifying with that identity, and the ego kept me there because it kept me, albeit in a very painful situation, it kept me very safe in that comfort zone. So, in the past, that is how I have falsely identified with the ego. Today, When I think about the ego, it really, and sometimes it's hard for me to admit this, this is part of my shadow, but the ego really shows up when I feel separate from others, when I feel like I work harder than others, or when I feel like people don't understand what it takes to do what I do, and um, when I feel like I have to work X amount just to maintain my mental health while most people don't. That creates a separateness from me and others that creates me as different, as unique, as special, which as I've talked about on this podcast before is highly not the case. So now today when I, there's two ways I know the ego is showing up in me or an unhealthy dose of the ego is showing up in me. When I feel as if I'm separate from others, when I don't feel connected to humanity, but I feel quite alone that is a total facade. It is a lie. It is not the truth. The truth is, is that we are all human beings. None of us are unique. Every single one of us has a very, very distinct expression. So that's when the ego comes up. And then it also comes up when fear arises. So when fear arises, the ego is trying to keep us safe because we're going to make a decision that either is leaping into the unknown, like starting a new business or starting a podcast where you're putting yourself out there. The ego will start developing fear-based thoughts around the new project or the new area that you are exiting your comfort zone um, to step into and fear will start coming up. So whenever I start acting out of fear-based thoughts or fear-based emotions start coming up in me, I know the ego is trying to keep me safe and I thank it for trying to protect me. But I also know that fear and adhering to fear and bowing down to fear is going to keep me in my comfort zone and therefore never provide me with an expansive, rich, meaningful and colorful life. So those are the two ways ego really, really jumps into my mind is when I feel separate from others and when I feel fear. But sometimes it comes in other ways, right? So for the inflating, dominating ego, as Constance says, this involves trying to be better than, richer than, than, more powerful than. And I've definitely had moments where I want to be richer than, I want to be more successful than other people and it's a really fleeting thought we all have them but being able to identify and say oh that's just the ego talking that's not me and when people say the ego isn't yourself that's not me what does that mean what is you for me me is my soul and getting in touch with your soul is a very complicated very long process. I shouldn't say complicated. It's actually quite simple, but can take a very long journey to really get to meet her, to meet that soul. But I do evoke these three steps when I do feel the ego to hop back into my soul-based center, to my solar plexus, to my intuitive truth, to my divine wisdom that is not worried or busy with the kind of minute, human egoic experiences that seem so powerful and overpowering and important but are really just keeping me from playing small. So when I feel the ego come up, and as I said, they come up when I feel fear and it comes up when I feel separate from others, a really good way to identify the ego for yourself is asking, Constance says, to just ask yourself, where is the fear in this? Wherever the fear is in any of your situations, that's the ego. So first, let's just start to identify the ego. That's in moments where you feel a little bit uncomfortable, ask, where is the fear in this? And that's going to be where the ego is trying to stop you from doing something or having it say, etc. Now, once I've identified it, then I know that I need to get in touch with the truth and the truth is my soul. So first, I allow the fear to come through. I allow the shame of maybe feeling separate from others, wanting to be more richer, more successful than others, etc. I forgive myself for those emotions and feelings. And I know that I'm having a really human experience and that behind these thoughts and emotions is an aspect in my mind, the ego that is just trying to protect me. So I allow it to come through. I don't hide it. I don't suppress it. I don't neglect it. I say, okay, fear, okay, feelings of separateness, come to the forefront and have your peace because I need to move without you, but I know you need to be heard. So I allow them to be heard. I allow them to move through me. I sit with them. I don't judge them. I accept them. And then I let and then I move the energy. So it's just energy that needs to be moved. Do I need to journal? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to call a friend? Do I need to cry? Asking yourself what you need in that moment to move that energy and to make that energy feel welcome and heard, but also to know that it's time to get it out of you is really, really important. So once I allow space for these, I suppose, egoic emotions to come through and move them. I then drop into my body by breathing and getting really, really still. So I know I'm a broken record. Put your phone away. Put your computer away. And just breathe and get really still. And in that, feel your solar plexus. Feel your root chakra. Get into your gut instinct. Get into your heart. Just feel your body. Drop in and be so present of the sensations you feel without judgment, with complete acceptance. Just be for a few minutes, close your eyes, and just be with your body. And then once I be with my body, tune into my body, feel my body, drop into my body, I soul journal. Soul journaling is this practice by Elisa Romeo, who I read in her book, Meet Your Soul, which if you're looking to meet your soul, this one is excellent. I will also leave the link to this um to the book in the show notes. So soul journaling is just writing free form as your soul, so as your soul is talking to you. At first it feels a little weird, but then you get into it and it's amazing the wisdom that comes out. You know, so many people, so many spiritual practices say all the wisdom that you need in this life is within, and that always used to confuse me, but once you tap into your soul and allow her to speak, The wisdom truly, truly is there. And a beautiful way to allow her to speak is by journaling as though you're her voice talking to you. So I did this this morning, actually, because I was feeling a little bit off, a little bit in fear-based. And I knew that my ego was really, really coming up to the forefront because I was feeling separate from others. I was feeling afraid, attached, all those things. So I decided to soul journal so that I could get back in touch with my truth. And I wrote... You forget about the depths of me. Sometimes you fight to create things in your world, but do not let me completely support you. You move hastily, but remember that I hold you always. Tap into me throughout the day and then connect to all humanity and collective love. Don't forget to zoom out. We are in this together. So this morning, that is the exact message my soul had, and I was able to see a very, very beautiful truth that underneath all of my identities, underneath my work, underneath my labels, my titles, my roles is just me and my soul. And that is where pure, beautiful energy exists. The ego can't touch that space if you learn to tap in and trust it. And that is a practice that I've been going daily because as a human being, the ego shows up all the fucking time. I know you can relate, but being able to quiet the noise, tap into your body and meet your soul and hear what she has to say, that's the way to, to decide which way you're going to act. To accept that fear is coming up, but to act despite of it because you know what the truth is. So those are just some ways that ego comes up for me. And then those are some ways that I get in touch with my soul to act despite of the ego and to act in my alignment and my truth. I hope that was helpful. Uh, DM me. Let me know what you think of this episode. I was thinking that I really want to get more into ego, so maybe I'll have a part two that really, really dives deep into the ego and even more specific stories of how it relates into my life. But I would love to you. I would love to leave you in this episode asking yourself where ego is, maybe trying to claw its way into your daily life. In what way is ego running the show today? As always, I hope you have a beautiful day. You can follow me along at Scout Sobel and don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It means the world to me and it helps me going. It helps me keep on going. So love you and I will catch you next time.